1: Starts now. I'm Scott Santucci. I'm Brian Lambert, and we are the Sales Enablement Insiders. Our podcast is for sales enablement leaders looking to elevate their function, expand their sphere of influence, and increase the span of control within their companies.
2: Together, Brian and I have worked on over 100 different kinds of sales enablement initiatives as analysts, consultants, or practitioners. We've learned the hard way what works, and maybe what's more important, what doesn't.
1: Welcome to our first anniversary show. It's the Year in Review, everybody. Yay! Yay! (laughs) So thanks for joining us. And uh, I wanted to uh, start the show by saying thank you so much, Insider Nation, for being listeners of our show. We started this exactly a year ago this week when this episode drops it will be one year and it's been quite a ride. Uh, We started out like trying to figure out how many of these we could do. So I've listened to this show uh, a lot and I said, okay, well, Scott, how do we do an anniversary episode? And I wanted to uh, really take it through here and say, uh, I can go back and listen to everything or uh, crowdsource it. So I am going to crowdsource it. You guys heard uh, a little bit of an audience, a little bit of a crowd. And I'm excited to introduce these folks that have joined us for our Insider Nation. And it's our open mic podcast, and we're going to have them chime in. So I know you guys like stats, and I know Scott loves stats. So uh, let, me, let me give you the download here on what's been downloaded. I think you're going to appreciate it. In the last 12 months, we've had 14,600 listens of our podcast. People from 46 countries, the seven, 72% of that's come from the U.S., that's about 1200 a month. Also, interestingly enough, Monday through Thursday around 1 PM are our peak hours. So I don't know if folks are out taking a walk at that time or maybe working out around that time or what, but, uh, um, that was interesting. Also Monday is our biggest listening day. We appreciate you guys starting the week off with a little dose of, of Scott and Brian. That's cool. Uh, Apple podcasts, 40% of our listens. And that means, uh, a lot of you folks are on mobile, 60% are on mobile, and iOS is the, the biggest uh, operating system, the largest operating system. 60% of folks are on iOS devices. Uh, in the past year, we fielded two surveys. One was on the COVID response that, that gave, gave us actually five episodes. We were trying to do one, but it, it kept just yielding great information and, and detail the second survey and uh, research project was on the state of sales enablement. That groundbreaking research really set the tone here for coming out of COVID. And it's really the only one I've seen, the only research I've seen post COVID, especially in the sales enablement space, which uh, hasn't had a lot of coverage uh, from a, a qualitative perspective, which means uh, not using, you know, circle a number one to five. So that was rich data. We pulled that in, did a webinar. And uh, we have about 2,500 people on our newsletter list and about 400 total people have listened to, almost 500 have listened to the webinar. So that's great. From our listeners, from Insider Nation, you're going to hear about that. But uh, before I go further, I also have another set of statistics and I'm doing this on purpose because Scott's such a numbers person. But uh, Nick is our sound guy. And you guys have heard us talk about Nick before. Uh he's the, the awesome voiceover talent at the beginning of the show. Uh yes, uh we made him pick the music. <laughs> he's also introducing the show. And he's also our engineer who uh, edits the show and um does all of our cleanup to make it sound good. So uh he's been tracking our stats and uh we're gonna we're gonna give you guys some of those numbers now. So over the last 41 episodes, he's taken out 157 ums. So that's good. <laughs> Uh, 257 double taps on Scott's desk. That's that. Uh, he does that a lot. And actually he does that when uh, he says something really super important. So um, that, there's 257 of those. 70 broken words due to, it. it, it, it that's super annoying because, it, see what I did there? That was just me. That was not a bad connection. But that's what he fixes so that you don't get annoyed. But Nick, leave that one in. Just for effect, I thought that was cool. I'm being creative. Uh, 340, 40, 45 squeaky chairs like this. I have a squeaky chair, so he's always on me for squeaking my chair while I'm talking, so he can't edit it out when I'm doing that. So that's probably pretty annoying. And then uh, about 40 times he's inserted our famous "whoa," and that's almost one per show. So we're on track for that. And five times he's, he said uh, he's had to fix it majorly because I've said, hey, Nick, uh, go back and edit that out. We can't say those cuss words, things like that. So that's pretty cool. And uh, thanks, Nick, for doing that. Nick wrote us a quick little note. He said he's enjoyed engineering this. And he's sorry he hasn't found the so what noise yet. And we're going to actually, he's asking us, uh, Scott, uh, if we can record the so what noise. What do you think about that? Oh sweet! You know that's so what you've been looking for for nine months. Yeah, I love it. We're gonna get it right now. By the way, uh, thank you guys so much for doing this.
2: This is awesome. I'm so excited. Uh, this is Brian's pure directorial debut.
1: So doing it. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna record the so what. But you, we, you are the, uh, I guess the the director, or the producer, or whatever. So we have to do the so what until you're happy. Okay. What do I need to do? Count us down. And then we're Which gonna do so what until we can get it for Nick. Okay. Nick's asked us to do it. Awesome. Okay, three, two,
2: one. So what? what? You guys don't sound angry enough. <laughs> we got to be faster. And you got to be angry. Like, okay, so like, get God, us. What are the hell are you talking about, man? Get we us into it. the mood. Why we are we doing this?
1: Rhythm. Why uh, is I, this so I, important? I need to. I, I need to do with the mood. Yeah. Set the context.
2: There you go, director. <laughs> yeah, direct, direct. I need direction. <laughs>
3: um, okay. What's my motivation?
2: Right. Well, who's motivation? So what's your motivation? So you guys, your motivation is this. You've just heard me pontificate about something that, whether it be World War I trenches, a Brooklyn Bridge, <laughs> Dmitry Medoff, Med, Medov and his uh, periodic table, something like that. And you're impatient wanting to know what the hell does this have to do with insert something you care about sales pipeline, coaching, whatever. That's your motivation. She kind of annoyed, but get to the chase. What are you talking about, man?
1: All right. Okay. So it needs to be fast. Not a, so what it needs to so be. what.
4: It needs to be a a jab.
3: So. So what? it's one, two, three. So what
4: like that? We need, we need the rhythm, and we need an example of the so what you're looking for. So, so what first? I'm serious. Yeah. Do, call That's the right. so, demonstrate the so what, and then we need to count off in not a random rhythm in a one, two, three word, right? And then, and then we'll get it. Four, five. So what's okay. four, five? I'm maxi-directing one, two, three, this, three, by the way. Sorry.
1: Okay. So, Scott, do you want to give us your best so what as you envision it?
3: <laughs> Scorsese.
4: He's reflecting, he's like, is this what we've come to? Well, I think there's a,
2: um, so each pick your own. Oh God. (laughs) One of these, okay? So what? You can do one of those or, so what? Either of those. And if we have a mix of those, that'd be better. Exasperated to irate.
1: Yes. (laughs) We got it. Thank you, Bill. Bill, you want to count us down in a yeah, very specific rhythm?
4: I got you. One, two, three. So, so what? what? I, that was perfect.
2: <laughs> do you so we're to hire ourselves
4: as directors. So. And do you that do is, one
2: uh, is our producer now for the next year, for your next Bill.
4: Do you want to do one more so you guys can compare and pick which one you like better? Sure. And then we can get on with the damn show. You're <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. So what? One, two, three, so
1: much. Nice. So none of our listeners know who's actually joined us, so this is perfect. Are you recording now? Yeah. Well, no, we've recorded a whole bunch, and they don't even know who these (laughs) folks are. It's awesome. And you're here in the studio with us live via Zoom. So let me introduce the five insiders that we have on this show, helping us celebrate our anniversary I'm going to introduce them now, then I'm going to explain after they introduce them a bit about themselves and after I introduce them, I'll I'll explain how this show is going to work. So to help us on the show, first up, we have Eric Sterrett. Eric is the Director of Business Development at ETA, Creative Event Producers, and he's based in Atlanta. Hey, Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Hey, thanks, Brian. Yeah, working for ETA Creative Event Producers here, where I'm focused on high-tech Fortune 3,000-ish sales kickoffs and user conferences, which are more my sales or field marketing folks. And I'm also the president of the Atlanta Sales Enable Society's Atlanta chapter, focused there, as you probably know, (laughs) on working with fellow practitioners to elevate the profession and empowering orchestrators.
1: Thanks for joining us, and appreciate that, and uh, thanks for being a big supporter of uh, Insider Nation, and actually, uh, you're our first back-to-back guest. Not only will you <laughs> be on this episode, which is episode 43, your uh, episode that you helped re- record on the uh, research project is going to be 42, so you're honorary uh, back-to-back, first ever honorary back-to-back person, so thanks for doing that, and thanks That's for joining That's an honor,
3: me. Brian. Thank you. <laughs> My favorite episode would have to be, because of what I shared earlier, the rethink on sales kickoff. What is What are executives getting from the investment? And actually, Fanboy Insider Geek fat. Scott, in the episode, talks about it as episode five. But it is actually episode 11, Insider Nation, if you're looking to look it up. And the why of it is that it's a veritable buffet of multiple reasons. Um, One, it was the first episode, I believe, that was recorded after you had released an episode and we're actually starting to get listener feedback. And I loved hearing that my fellow Platypi also loved (laughs) the whole uh, approach of the revisit, rethink, reframe. You addressed the critical question of if we're going virtual, How am I going to have tequila shots with my peers? Absolutely critical. And in fact, it's kind of funny. Y'all were ahead of your time now that the whole SKO going virtual is such a big topic. So the couple of things you covered off on that I loved, how early and how often do you start planning your SKOs? Can you quantify the economic value of those SKOs? And do you have a post-kickoff and pre-kickoff plan? And those are critical questions that I rarely hear asked and rarely effectively addressed.
1: That's cool. Are you going are you going to start the official Insider Nation wiki page with all the the facts? <laughs> You're like a walking the I actually, library. I, chime in.
2: I love the fact that I'm getting called out of uh, So I would I would love to say that was an easter egg Eric. It wasn't.
3: No. Well, I feel like it's easter every day with y'all. So thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. He he called me out. What did you call me out about over text? You're like, "Hey, you said, "Oh, you said in the webinar, it's the heroic framework. No, holistic framework. The hero. You said it was the holistic framework. Did you really A holistic, Yeah. Her- heroic? I'm like, oh my, yes, I did. I missed it. It's I being heroic framework. You gotta say the being right. in front of it. Right. So thank you for catching and calling me out as well, Eric. In the last- My pleasure, weeks. I'm Call here us for you. out. I appreciate it. All right, cool. Second person up is Sarah Frick, and she's the senior manager of global sales enablement at Ring Central. I met Sarah when I moved to Charlotte, and a little known fact, my daughter, who just graduated from Virginia Tech, go Hokies, right, Scott? Uh, she's uh, actually been an intern in Ring Central last summer and met Sarah there. So Sarah and I have talked a lot on LinkedIn. Uh, we, we did some of the Charlotte SCS together. And so Sarah, thank you so much for joining, and tell us a little bit about yourself.
5: Absolutely, Brian. Thank you for having me. Um, so, um, as Brian mentioned, I'm Sarah Frick. I actually recently got married, so I, I'm due to change that last name. Um, Are you going to reveal in. it here? <laughs> my my uh, last name is Sarah Gross now. All right. Um, and uh, so I'm really excited to obviously be going through the time of life, right? It's been cool first year marriage and uh, our family, we just have a, um, got a puppy named her. Um, I work for RingCentral day-to-day, along with that fun family life, and um, my goal there is to take RingCentral from a billion dollars we are today to a $10 billion company through helping folks, right, both communicate within their organizations and outside of their organizations. Um, What I love most about what you're doing here, Brian and Scott, is it's eight we're all able to relate to it my favorite episode um, because of that is busy active versus productive so it's episode 25 the reason that I bring that one up is it's something I I constantly struggle with right you're there it's six or seven o'clock at night are you actually being productive with your time or is it something you should set aside and um, come back to it at another point in time and realize right what are your priorities constantly have ranked. so thanks again for having me on.
1: Yeah, you bet, thank you. Thanks for sharing your favorite episode. All right, so let's go to our third person. Uh, three out of five, this is awesome. I'm so excited about this. We've got Megan, who's the Sales Enablement Manager at CyberArk. I met Megan when she posted her picture about the show. I think, I think that was the, one of the coolest moments for me was I had to show my wife. I was like, look, somebody posted our show and there was the, the guy running through the brick wall and this big 60-inch TV. I was like, this is so cool. Uh, she's also been talking with Scott and I about the idea of the podcast and how to learn now that we're in COVID. She's been involved with SCS, the Sales Enablement Society, and in 2018, she was actually featured on the, the coverage desk, and uh, one of the little-known facts here is uh, uh, Megan is uh, had, a, had a successful Kickstarter back in 2015, and uh, Amy, just a heads up, you guys should talk after the show. You guys have a lot in common. But uh, Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself and also what was your favorite episode?
6: Sure. So uh, a little bit about me. Like you said, I lead sales enablement at CyberArk. CyberArk is a global cybersecurity company. We provide privilege access management solutions to enterprises. And uh, from the sales enablement perspective, I... Like you said, I got involved about two years ago now, um, had an awesome mentorship with Michael Labotti, led a work group for the Sales Enablement Society on positions, and now um, I got drawn back in um, through this podcast, and it was really convenient just to see, uh, see the, pod, the information available via a podcast that I could listen to on my phone on the go. Um, so, I'm really just getting plugged back in through the Insider Nation podcast. And my favorite episode uh, I'm, I have a series that are my favorite. So, I really liked the four part COVID response. Uh, I felt like I was being kind of bombarded by news in all directions, and the episodes really kind of cl- cut through the clutter. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, the snippets on John Chambers and his experience in past recessions, and his uh, some of the takeaways that he provided gave me clarity on what I could be experiencing within my company. That the decisions that I was experiencing and didn't necessarily have control over, and then it also enabled me to provide insight and um, put into place some programs for sales enablement that really kept the role seen as strategic and dynamic um, and all those good things.
1: Yeah, awesome, thank you so much, Megan. All right, our next person, number four is Amy Benoit and she is the Founder and Chief Consultant at Propos, where she specializes in organizational design and strategy consulting. I actually met Amy through Eric, uh, who, who was the first person I, that introduced himself here on the show. She's been in enablement for about 10 years in companies like EMC and Pivotal Software and Mesosphere. Uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about standing up sales enablement initiatives and work teams, as well as clarifying to, to management leadership what sales enablement is. Amy is the chapter president of SCS in uh, San Diego. So she's in Southern California. So Amy, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and also what's your favorite episode?
7: Sure, hey Brian, thank you for having me. Um, My name is Amy. I have an insatiable drive to empower people to thrive, whether that be personally or professionally. And as you said, after a long career within sales enablement in Fortune 500 companies, I built my own, um, centered around helping organizations operate more smoothly and to scale. I work really closely nowadays with executive leadership to help them prioritize initiatives and help them communicate effectively while at the same time, really influencing up and downstream to create more efficiency across the board. So the name All Propos comes from the respect of all of the things that you have to do within this um, business. My favorite episode was episode 38, panel six, with the executive sponsors. There was discussion on how to create value within the sales enablement function. And I have to say, Brian, my favorite quote came from you. You referred to a quote by Mark Twain saying, if I had the time, I would have written a shorter letter. I think I have used that particular quote six times since hearing it.
1: Oh, wow great well that's cool uh that, that's uh yeah i use that one a lot i can't remember where i heard that first but scott uses that one too it's a great great point about simplification and, and i uh, have
7: to say i thought the double tap which i just learned because we're behind the scenes was a nick ad but knowing it's a right scott ad, tooch that's awesome <laughs> like i i had no idea I, it keeps me going as i listen i'm like boom yeah <laughs> So thanks for that.
2: You're like a sound mixer in the back, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't even know yeah. what
1: to do. It. Yeah, he almost he just did it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't realize he's doing that. It's so funny. But he, yeah, so our last person is Bill Ball, and Bill is the Director of Learning and Development at Dioces. Uh Bill and I, and, and Scott, actually, we go way back when Scott f- first put out the LinkedIn post and said he's going to create the DC area networking group for sales enablement professionals. Uh, Bill, were you at the first meeting of that networking group or was it the one, you know, subsequent thereafter?
4: What, what exact,
1: which meeting were you at first? Do you
4: remember? My first meeting was at the um, country club that Scott hosted a meeting at, and that was in October of 2016. So it may have been a couple of meetings down the road, Um, but I can remember where I was sitting when I got the call from you um, after I registered through LinkedIn, and I was like, "Wait, somebody's calling me on a LinkedIn group." I feel a little stalked, um, but this is kind of awesome. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, that's and what and, you and said too. I, I, I probably <laughs> did right. So, so, so I'm I'm more visual than auditory in that sense. But, but yeah, that's that was the first meeting that I attended, and the exciting thing about it was. Um, Scott rolled out this business plan. Uh, It was a marketing plan around some initiatives. And we, we broke up into two groups, and this is something that he loves to do, where people say, this is the best idea. And one group says, this is the best idea, and here's why. And one group says, this is the worst idea, and here's why. And I got put in the worst idea group. And so I was thinking, I report to a CEO right now. I know exactly how a CEO would rip this to shreds. So that's what I did. And then subsequently, I found out after you know um, I said my piece that it was Scott's idea. So that was a <laughs> that was a pretty awesome introduction to uh, potentially offending Scott and, and and simultaneously feeling like I was in the right room.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I remember that meeting. That was fun. And uh, those meetings were great of how they were set up and really getting everybody's different perspectives. And uh, you know, you've been involved with SES ever since you helped us in the DC chapter. And now you're on the national team doing a bunch of different things, including the conference work. So that's, that's really cool. And also little known fact, which I just found out literally eight minutes before we started this, this show is that Sarah, who was person number two that introduced herself actually worked for Bill at a previous company, as as uh, so, Bill was Sarah's boss. So it's a small, small world, Scott. That uh, <laughs> this all coming full circle is pretty cool. Also, for you guys uh, new to sales enablement, it is a small world. So don't burn any bridges, right? So <laughs> I said, Sarah, do you guys still like each other? She's like, of course. It was so funny. That was awesome. So, so Bill, uh, yeah, guys, what do you think of that?
4: Um, a couple of things and I know we, we wanna we wanna talk um and, and get to the, the meat of this episode. Um but what I'll say is um I can remember interviewing Sarah and she was one of the most um successful and rightfully um as an A player frustrating sales reps to ever work with and one day she asked me, Hey Bill, am I the reason that you lost some of your hair? And I unequivocally <laughs> said, Yes. And, but so we've had beers, we've had meetings and, and, you know, at this point, the student may be the teacher. I can't wait to catch up with her again and, and see what I can learn from Sarah. Um, I am on the executive board. I, I've, I've had the privilege of being nominated to be on the executive board of the Sales Newland Society and um, to steal some language from the podcast. Um, what I do at my current business, um, I inherited an L&D department and we can talk more about that later, but I work with all of our customer-facing roles. We're managed services and global staffing in creating an environment where they can thrive. So that not only includes sales sales roles, but recruiting roles. Super excited to be here. Um, my favorite episode is, it was really, really hard to choose this one, um, but I would say the biggest was the uh, Brooklyn Bridge episode, number eight. Um, and the reason for that was both the historical frame out, which I've used many times, but secondarily um, the messaging of how you take apart a sales workshop and advertising to sellers, positioning and messaging around that.
1: That one gets a lot of uh, feedback actually. So you're not alone. That's cool.
3: Yep. Number eight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So Scott, we may have peaked. I don't know.
2: (laughs) That's their introduction. I got to tell you, we should just wrap this up here because I don't know. All I'm going to do is make this worse.
1: (laughs) This is really good. This is fun, right? Uh, Podcast adjourned. No, this is, this is great because um, one, we have new folks on the show who are, who are been listening this whole time. So I totally want to geek out on this because, and literally Eric with his running facts on our show is hilarious. I, I am a, cl- a closet uh, walking dead fan and they had this show uh, after walking dead called talking dead where they would just dissect the whole entire show. And I feel like that's what Eric does all the time. I bump into him and he asked me why that piece was out of place or why the numbers were, was wrong. It was hilarious. <laughs> He's like mm-hmm. the insider to the insiders. So if you want to know the lore of, of inside sales enablement, talk to Eric. And that's going to be our first person. We're going to come back now that everybody's introduced themselves and I'm going to pass the baton. So it's, remember it's open podcast, mic time. And so I'm going to pass this to Eric and the way this is going to work is Eric, what did you get out of uh, the the show here? What did you like about it? And then um, what's the, what's the thing that you really are taking away after listening for the last year that you maybe provide an executive summary to our listeners around?
3: Uh, You know, I'll start by sharing my journey because I I can't uh, proceed without doing so, especially on the big anniversary edition and thanks for having me be a part of it. Um, As you guys know, I started out in sales and was the squeaky wheel that got grease. You've heard my backstory. And I'd held such a wide variety of positions since then, advocating for sales, field marketing leadership roles back at MCI, now Verizon, and level three, now CenturyLink, to sales, sales operations, and salesforce.com deployment roles, reporting into sales, reporting into ops, reporting into just about everywhere, (laughs) but always serving um, the sales force and I was just like kind of getting into an identity crisis, honestly. And I came across this podcast, uh, Inside Sales and You know, uh, I knew that my passion for orchestrating the support and tool ecosystem and a productive day in the life of a rep had to have a title and, and be some sort of a constant. But, you know, the first major step I toward, took towards finding my identity was listening to your podcast. And uh, I was like, I found my people. And now I say, I've found my platypi. And anyone who doesn't know what that means, better listen to the the final executive readout call and or the uh, replay actually of the Atlanta Sales Enablement Society meeting. Thanks to guys, for, again, guys, for joining our uh, town hall. That was awesome. So I've now got an identity. I'm an orchestrator and I'm part of the sales enablement community. And, you know, what I've taken away is so much. In fact, during this journey, um, not only did I find my identity, as you heard, I found my way into the Sales Enablement Society as well. And, in fact, Brian and Santucci and Amy and I were all at a table, uh, actually Eli Cohen's saleshood dinner, at the, the last Sales Enablement Society face-to-face meeting back in, I think, September of last year in San Antonio? And uh, it was just an awesome, you can hear how all of that has evolved beautifully. And in fact, I ended up being the president of the Atlanta Sales Enablement Society, thanks to Christy West, believing in me. And going back to the podcast and kind of what's been the, the, the benefit of it is I was able to step back and go, okay, I've got the reins of this society all of a sudden that I care the world about. I care the world about the profession, my fellow platypi. I don't want to blow this. So what I did was I went back home and I started re-listening to the podcast and going through my notes. That's part of the reason I can nerd out about it. So I'll just uh, a few highlights. Um, You know, again, you got to love the first one with Galileo and selling the sales enablement role, which is such a huge part. We, We, if we don't know who we are, how can we further the profession? And I'm on a mission to work with you guys and the sales enablement society to do so. Um, the, the charter, um, the episode on building a charter was huge and awesome and helpful. It was just such a bullseye. In fact, I reached out to Brian and I said, Hey man, can I get the original charter that you wrote <laughs> for the society? And he thoughtfully, again, I've been bugging these guys since the beginning, and now y'all can kind of see a trend. And uh, he actually even thoughtfully provided that for me offline so that I could begin to build a charter here for Atlanta, and we're still working on it by the way. So, hey, maybe an updated uh, podcast on the charter, Brian, would, might be in the works. Um, and I'll just throw one more out there. I really liked the one with the conference board and the council meeting. Um, and there was one other one as well. It was along those lines where you guys went deeply into um kind of what that meant to the background of sales enablement and using it for a framework in and around the charter conversation as well. So everything from what is the definition of sales enablement, which I loved Scott going on trial for that again recently, or I would have asked for that one. Brilliant episode. Everyone check that one out. That's just like two ago. Um, I mean, you guys aren't afraid to continue to revisit and reframe and look at this stuff again. And the profession needs that. And these topics don't get old. Um, Thank you for continuing to revisit, for challenging yourselves, and for doing what you do to elevate the profession, guys. Um, So with that, you know, I I think that my time on the mic has come to a close. I'll cut myself off. How about that? That might be a first. And I'm going to turn around and hand the mic to my friend Sarah to take over. And, you know, what, what do you think? I did a lot of rambling there. Any of that resonate with you, or what? What? Why, why do you still hang out with these dudes in virtual world?
5: <laughs> Eric, I appreciate um, your perspective there. Really helpful to get a sense of how you've interacted uh, with the team. Um, as I hear you talk a lot about, right, it's building out the career. And that's where I've seen it as almost like my North Star to, hmm, does this seem right? Right. Um, you, we all come into those moments, especially as enablers, we are pushed into executive meetings. We're pushed into, um, you know, maybe doing the role of an operations executive sometimes depending on what your company needs. And so um, as I think about the way that I've used the podcast, it's to help others start to realize if enablement is the right, right space for them to be in honestly, right. It's, it's, it's a new career. And it's also one that you can't quite, you can't make yourself into it, right? You can go and you can learn Marketo and how to code and be in marketing operations. You can go and you can learn executive speaking and you can go become a CEO of a company. Enable, it's one of those things where we almost have to have something innate inside of us in order to do this role and to love it and to come to work with it every day because there is a lot of, this cross-functional mayhem that we run into. So what I love about the podcast is, gives me a spot to send folks that are interested in the career and say, hey, go take a look. I love episode 12. I love episode 24. I give them my thoughts, but of course I'm looking for them to actually go and say, this is the perspective I have on this and why I'm so interested in the role and the function. So uh, it's been a nice way to help folks guide their career right of, hey, this isn't going to be an easy road, but it's going to be one you'll see a lot of joy in as long as this is something that brings out those great pieces inside of you. Um, So within my team that I'm I'm currently running, um, you know, I've got a lot of different personalities and I have a lot of folks who focus in different areas. Maybe they're more process enablement focused. Maybe they're more productivity. Maybe they um, are really that business, you know, partner to their leader. So um, I love it as a spot to keep my team centered around what it is that we do and the mission, right, of our enablement uh, space and keep us going. Uh, Megan, I'm really curious to get your thoughts. What do you think of what I shared?
6: Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, that uh, resonates a lot. And personally, right, like I said, this podcast is what drew me back in. So I'm kind of re-onboarding and um re-upping my self-education using the Insider Nation podcast. And I also want to zoom out and look at the the modality being a podcast and the format and um how we applied that internally at CyberArk. um So I was I was inspired by being able to uh, listen to the podcast on my phone while I was out for walks. Um, repurposing that commute time that I no longer had to spend sitting in a car. Um, In hindsight, I guess I could have been listening to the podcast (laughs) in the car. So we'll, uh, I'll revisit that. Um, But really just this concise formatting inspired us to um, have a quick win, right? In this new normal and take our monthly internal newsletter make a recording of it as a podcast. Uh, It's short, it's concise, it's something that we have an archive of now. Um, And it really was an example of taking what I learned from Insider Nation podcast, applying it to the sales enablement program at CyberArk, and using and in a way that met our sellers in their current reality. Um, It's like I said, it's concise. You can be listening to it while you're doing something else or parenting or um, catching up on other emails, et cetera. But I like that I was able to immediately apply and moving kind of beyond the the onboarding application, because we also uh, have that archive of podcasts that we send new hires to listen to Um Whereas before we had them read through maybe the last 10 newsletters, we now have these shortened podcasts. Um, They're also available to all employees in our company, right, to stay current. And I think I mentioned earlier that the COVID series were some of my favorite or the COVID uh, episodes were some of my favorites. And that's because right now so many changes are happening that I think it's even more important to for ourselves as practitioners to stay current with the the news that's happening within our industry, but also to communicate in a way that keeps our employees in the field aware of the um, current changes that might be happening internally. So um, I guess I'm, I'm raving about the format of the, the podcast. I found it very helpful personally to apply internally and did that in a way that really set the tone of sales enablement at our company as something strategic. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Scott and everyone for continuing to put these episodes out. And with that... I kind of laid a lot out there uh, for you, Amy. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on um, on the podcast and the, um, how it's kind of a way to check into the pulse of sales enablement.
7: Thanks for that. I will say, this is Amy, I have multiple passion projects and outside of my consulting company that I created a few years ago, I am very passionate about facilitating human experience, that people behind the enablement. I have had the opportunity to facilitate across the world, customer advisory boards and executive leadership offsites. I also, on a completely different side of my brain, I teach stand-up paddleboard yoga in Mission Bay and I've built an extended stay dog-sitting business. And with all of these, I operate everything I do as a business and within the organizations that I consult with as a sales enablement leader, I really do think of myself as a business within a business. Um, as a consultant, you can imagine my view is a little bit different and I am constantly prospecting new clients as well as developing deeper and deeper um forms of trust within my network. So so there were so there were conversations within episode thirty-eight really around the vitality and the importance of communication and how to effect, effectively communicate sales enablement to your executive sponsors. And what I know for sure from anything that you do, you're ability to communicate effectively to your client and to your stakeholder is key. So making the complex simple is something that we are doing in the role. As they said in episode 38, it takes a tremendous amount of work to make something simple. So Mm -hmm. when I am Talking to my executive stakeholders, whether that be the VP of sales, the director of operations, the department heads, um, dog owners, uh, (laughs) you know, yogis, I have to make sure that I'm speaking their language. And from the business standpoint, it's quote unquote business English. It can't be sales enablement English. They're two totally different languages. It's almost like if I was speaking Italian to somebody that did not speak Italian, it would be impossible for anyone to understand what we were saying to each other. So the framework that really helped and was well articulated in episode 38 spoke about creating value. And you can take this as a consultant, as a prospect, Um, You can take this once you've already established that trust and as you're building new programs and getting more and more support within an organization. But the first thing that you have to do is identify how you add value and you can ask the questions of what are the value drivers. How do we provide service to our customers and making sure that it's not the me me me. The second thing is identifying your customers. It can be different, dependent, you know, dependent on each of your goals or projects. So making sure you know who you are servicing. And third is identifying your stakeholders. The question, of course, is who are the stakeholders, but making sure that you're servicing the greater good of who is going to be able to continually invest in your, the support that you're giving. Underneath everything that I do, I build trust. And that is, a, that is one of the reasons that I love sales enablement is getting this people opportunity and helping people empower themselves to be better. Um, and this is a constant hurdle. And Scott mentioned this in one of the beginning episodes when he talked about his career at Forrester and how, you know, initially developing sales enablement as an identity went around the entire circle and then had to do it again with a different work and had to do it again. And, you know, there's this constant um, need to make sure that we're all on the same page and really build relationship and trust within so that you you have those bridges when you need them. There's a comment by Brene Brown in one of her recent podcasts, and she says, pure gold is the person who has organizational history and context great experience and the opportunity to learn new things and that's the change unicorn and i really think that within sales enablement we have that top down view, we have access to the leaders, we have access to the individual contributors and having us be the translator and communicator between all, we become that glue that really builds the community with any organization. So I would argue that trust within leadership is sometimes the reason that they do not enable the contribution or collaboration between their people like they just haven't built that muscle yet with those people and we within sales enablement whether you're prospecting prospecting to build or just continue developing your relationship it it is vital. Um, Bill I know that you are within an organization now what are your thoughts on what I said from from an insider's view?
4: So um, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Um, cause, cause that was a lot of, on um, Amy, um, perhaps I'll take one thing and, and the thing that, that stood out to me the most. Um, and that was how you're using, I just love hearing how everybody's using the podcast. That's the coolest thing, like hearing about how people are using a podcast, not how I'm listening and what's my favorite episode. That's great, right? That's a great place to start with how am I using it? Um, I really, really love the framing stories. Um, and so it's not just how do I do sales enablement? I think we can get that from, from our, our connections in the Sales Enablement Society. I think, you know, conferences, a lot of people are doing great case studies on how I wanted my business in sales enablement. Um, but we get something a little different here. Um, I really love the, the the history side of it. And when I heard the first episode and I heard Scott start talking about Galileo, um, I don't know if I'm correct on this, Scott. I think my memory serves me well, but you're a history major. So that knee jerk reaction kicked in for me. And I was like, oh no, Scott's gonna go ramble off on on history. But then I heard the connection and I started to listen more. And I heard another episode about Napoleon and, and Napoleonic strategy and, um, allied soldiers jumping over, uh, the, you know, the barricade to go get shot up by people in pillboxes and the analogy to that with, with customers, uh, or, or excuse me, internal, uh, collaborators asking, you know, saying, Hey, we've always done it this way. You know, why should we do it a different way? So, that's the thing that stood out, stood out to me the most. Um, I find the podcast to be a clinic on not just how to do sales enablement, but the positioning and the value of sales enablement for the rest of the organization for me. So I'll give you my framing story. Um, cause I think that's fair, right? Uh, so I'm in a business that's coming into its own, um, where the, the two owners, um, are still heavily involved. I mean, it's a really great story. They came over from the 80s, from Bangladesh. Um, they built it themselves. They've built it through great people, and we're at, we're in a consolidating industry where we're acquiring other businesses, yet we still have the same, relatively the same shared services team to, to help this organization scale, and that's a real challenge. Um, I came into, my, tire, my title is head of L&D. Um, those of you who know me, that's you know, I don't operate in a traditional L&D way. I operate in an enablement way. But um, I came tasked with marrying a very reactionary function to the, the favor of all of the internal customers in, in customer-facing roles. Um, I built a charter. I did a lot of those things. But now, um, as I've only been able to grow my team somewhat, I have to use the other people in my business, the other departments in my business, as collaborators, ops and marketing and HR and so forth. And having these framing stories has really allowed me to take, I think as Amy said and some of the others said, take the value of sales enablement and simplify it and position it in a way that really resonates with them. So with ops, um, you know, they, they have to be reactionary. They have to do a lot of requests. They have to change fields and do all of that kind of work they also want to innovate and they also want to drive efficiency, you know, as I'm helping drive effectiveness and, and ultimately drive productivity. I found out they're issuing surveys to get opinions and try to figure things out from the field and not getting any responses. And, you know, I used the phrase uh, or the, the Henry Ford quote that you guys used: Hey, if I wanted, if my customer, if I want to know what my customers wanted, I would have, uh, they would have told me they needed a faster horse, worse, Right. So once I positioned it that way, and we started working on some questioning, now they're starting to get some responses. And all I did was start with that quote and build from there. Um, we were working on manager onboarding, and uh, I'll get back again back to my favorite episode. Um, nothing burns me up more than we've always done it this way, and you guys can't see me you know, catching on fire right now, but when I hear that, I, I, I internally catch a flame. So it drives me crazy. So it's all I can do to just keep my composure. Went Well, we've always done it that way. So we were wondering why some of our managers weren't succeeding. And the truth was like, it was a lot of things, but everybody's saying, well, my thing was okay. And this part that I do is okay. And, and, and when we start, you know, looking at all that stuff, maybe it isn't. So, I rolled out the Brooklyn Bridge story to a room full of people and talked about how you know, they, the, the, the Germans, they were just drunks and that's why they you know failed and, and nobody thought about the bends right? And was it a transformational moment in the building of manager onboarding? I'm not sure, but the whole room got silent. And this was VPs, this was a head of HR, this was our managing directors. And because I was able to position that story the right time, the right way, Um, it, it changed the conversation to, okay, you know, this is serious and maybe it's time for everybody to do a little bit of self-reflection on their part in this. And we started working together. Did I save the day? No, but that quote came in really well and it allowed me to get them thinking about enabling the managers versus like, well, I'm doing this. What's the manager's problem? The last thing that I'll say also in my favorite episode, um, and how I've used the podcast is we uh, were working on positioning and messaging. Every, every organization goes through rebranding every so often. And we are working with an external firm, and they're great. And they do a lot of um, great PR for us and get us into the Wall Street Journal and fantastic stuff. But when it came to working with our hardwired internal heads of sales and people that have been with the business years and years and years, when you start asking them how a brand makes you feel, you know, like they shut down, right? So it's, it's a good question, but with that audience, it's tough. So guess what I went to, I went right to, all right, so let's, let's work in some of those questions, but let's also talk about who do you sell to? What do you need to sell more? What's the business problem you solve? What's the impact to each stakeholder who owns the wallet, whose throat gets choked? And when we started speaking that language in that simple framework, things started to turn and they started to get answers again. Again, this is not about one person or one department saving the day, but it's about using the positioning and messaging of, and the value of sales enablement to get some of that cross functionality moving across the org.
1: Oh, that's great, Bill. And uh, really liked hearing the stories. And, And all of you guys have been just amazing on this show and, that's, that's been really humbling for me to hear. Uh, you know, we get into the, the day-to-day and we crank out these uh, content items. I mean, 42 podcasts in a year. Uh, and and we, we don't have a huge staff. And, and uh, you know, some of this stuff we're, we're doing ourselves. And, you know, we had to learn how to do this stuff. And it can be a little bit of a, you know, grind. Uh, and, and that's the thing about tactics and, and strategy together. And then, you know, we always talk about what impact are we having? And we see it on LinkedIn and we have folks reaching out and Bill, you've reached out through the whole year, pinging me on, Hey, on this episode, what did you mean by that comment? Right. Things like that. It's been super helpful, but to hear you guys and how you're taking it away and using it has been really cool for me to hear. I mean, Eric, you talked about finding your people. Uh, Sarah, you're using this as a North star and a touchstone for, for new folks in the profession to determine if they want in, you know, I'll say it in our profession, you know, are they going to come in or not? We don't just let anybody in, Uh, listen to inside sales enablement, right? And you make the decision if that's what you want to do. I love that. And then Megan, you know, the idea here of uh, using this and and being innovative internally, I hadn't even thought about the structure and the format being something that you can rip off like that. And I say that in a good way. Um, That's awesome. That's super cool. So this, this moves us beyond just, you know, putting the effort in. It's something that you can build off of and make your, yourself successful and, and make your, your team successful in onboarding. And that's been awesome. And then Amy, your, your thoughts around stakeholders and team and activation and, and how do people work together and how do you make this land uh, for each person? You know, I'm, I'm wired that way as well. And we really have had some awesome conversations offline and maybe one of these times we can do an episode together where we're talking about these real issues of activation and making it land at the, at the keyboard, as I say and that was really cool to hear about that and and yes you and you and Megan should talk cuz you're both uh, into yoga and uh you guys are going to be lifelong friends i think after this episode yeah you... <laughs> and then bill um you know obviously you you're always telling telling really good stories and making this land so i really appreciate your your comments around using these cuz i always joke with scott about what crazy episode from the 1800s is going to have now. And I've actually, you know, pushed myself to come up with some of these framing stories and uh, it's actually been uh, really cool to frame it out in the ways that we have. And I've learned a lot from him, in those stories as well. So, you know, Scott, that's, that's the, the view from how folks are using it. You've been quiet on this show so far, but what did you think? I'd love to give you just some free time now to, to react to, Uh, a year of working on this together i appreciate the friendship and and all the work you've been putting into this i know how much thought you put into these episodes and and how much uh, you push uh, to to make it clear to make it land well and and there's so much effort that you put in behind the scenes that nobody ever sees and you know i think uh, you're hearing it here on how how this pays off so you know thanks scott for being so such a good uh, colleague here i think when people first heard we were doing a podcast, they probably thought we could make it through five of these things. And we're at, we're at 42, uh, right now with no end in sight. So I'll pass it over to you now, but, uh, for your thoughts.
2: Yeah. So in, um, w- what we like to do on our show is, um, uh, be raw. So I, I I'm, I'm kind of blown away here. Brian gave me only a, a headline yesterday about what we're going to do here. And, uh, um, I'm a little speechless of how amazing this content was. It's uh, it's rare that you get to have uh, a structured format to be able to share a lot of people's perspectives that you can basically work as a cafeteria and take, oh, I, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of Amy. I'm going to take a little bit of Sarah. I'm going to take a little bit of Eric and uh, I'm going to take a little bit of Megan and I'm going to uh, bill ball it and kind of make it my own thing, you know? And uh, that's amazing so kudos to you uh for putting together this format uh to have uh to have it flow like this it's i'm kind of blown away right now i do want to get into um uh, i i love um eric being so honest about accuracy i'm a huge fan of making sure things are validated so i want to validate something from bill uh bill i'm not a history major um i've uh, I'm actually, I don't, I, I didn't know whether I should be offended or um, honored that, that you thought that because I've got a, a math background and degree and I love numbers unbelievably much so. And I've learned over my career, uh, numbers are pretty inaccessible to anybody other than the CFO. So uh, I've, I've learned to tell stories that I can have math behind them. Uh, so there 's a a, a a a different one uh, different one there um so what I took away from this was um how it, it's it 's really fascinating for me and I want to create more of a community of how we can take lessons learned it 's pretty difficult to get feedback on a on a podcast so I think it 's really cool. Uh, so Brian, just as, as a side, um, Megan and I did talk about, uh, you know, the podcast. I I called her like after she put posted that thing on there, cause I'm going to, whenever somebody puts something out there, I'm going to, um, I'm going to talk to you about it, especially if it's, if it's challenging or just a gut reaction. Uh, so a couple of things that I'm going to follow up on, Amy, you talked about, uh, you you're talking about translating um yoga speak to business speak and back and forth uh we actually like are coming up with a term on that that's english to english translation we heard that at the conference board uh stuff we're working on do you guys remember in the um the covid series our friend or my friend Lindsay or our friend our show friends i i've uh yep. see the salesperson you guys remember keeping her? us honest
7: yep
2: so uh she runs in that, she said that English to English translation problem is her biggest problem in sales today. Like as a salesperson. Um, her job at Microsoft, she's got she's got to gain buy-in across so many different people inside her customer base. And that's the easy job. The hard part is getting people inside Microsoft to follow through on that. Because everybody just sees the world for their own individual silos. So her and I are working on. Uh, we have our own rap of how we talk about it, but I keep challengers like we've got to figure a way to talk about this to people who don't see this. So maybe, maybe we can, um, uh, get you involved there. Uh, Bill, I'd love to sort of pick your brain about how we can turn the, um, uh, turn these centering stories. So a little centering story on the framing stories, I get that from Patton. So general Patton believed every battle's already been thought fought. So if we lead with a battle that's already been fought, then you already have a play that you can run, and you just never know when you when you run it. I think the difference here is that you have the courage to actually use them in live fire, you know, live fire combat situations. So maybe we can pick your brain on on how you do that. So I just I'm just really really delighted, and uh, what I'd like to do is go back fr- from here and ask you guys uh, what what can we do more of. Uh, I really like the idea of, of being challenged. Brian tries to stump me. So one thing that I'm personally nervous about is how I'm going to keep up the framing stories and not keep telling the same ones over and over and over again. So that, but I, I like that competitive spirit um, and I like to be challenged. So what, what can we do more of? How can we make this more impactful? It's awesome that you guys um, are able to make the time available to help us out second thing is it's it's fantastic that I'm just really impressed at how prepared everybody was. I'm always energized uh by thoughtful people putting ideas out. It always energizes me um i like I like challenges a lot too so part of i'm I'm not really as um eloquent as maybe I normally would be because my brain's firing into <laughs> I can tell you that right now um but uh That's just really awesome. So
1: thanks. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you. All right. We are out. Thanks for the extra time you got.
0: Thanks for joining us. To become an insider and amplify your journey, make sure you've subscribed to our show. If you have an idea for what Scott and Brian can cover in a future podcast or have a story to share, please email them at engage at inside se.com. You can also connect with them online by going to insidese.com, following them on Twitter or sending them a LinkedIn request.